The Lord be with you. A reading from the book, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow, or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all. Watch. The Gospel of the Lord. So today, we find ourselves once again at the first Sunday of Advent. So I know from my own perspective, it seems like the school year just started. And so it's a time, once again, to focus on this disposition of waiting for our Lord. And preparing for our Lord's coming. And the fathers of the church would typically talk about these three kinds of comings of Jesus. You know, at the beginning of the Advent season, we're focused on his coming at the end of time. That definitive second coming of Christ in which the world will be transformed. And everything will be made new. As we get closer to the celebration of Christmas, we focus on his first coming into the world. And in a particular way, we're called to focus on the way he continues to come into the world in the present in this particular moment, in this particular time. When we read the gospel reading like today's, and our Lord exhorts us to watch, to be alert, it's an exhortation to be alert, to watch for the way that our Lord is working in our life each day. To step back and say, okay, what is Jesus doing right now? Which seems to be the most simple kind of spiritual discipline, but it might actually be one of the more difficult ones. And when you're frustrated with your coworker, 
and you have conversations spinning around in your head that you're not having out loud, but you're replaying them in your head. Or it might be your spouse, or it might be your kids, or it might be your parents. Do we step back and say, okay, what is our Lord doing with this situation right now? Jesus, what do you want to do with this relationship right now? When we're asking ourselves questions about careers, Jesus, what do you want to do in this situation right now? When there's conflict in your family, Jesus, what are you doing with this here? How are you entering into this here? And if I can't see you entering into it, I need you to enter into it right now. Because I don't really know what to do. Are we looking for our Lord to enter into our lives? In the first reading from the prophet Isaiah, which I think is extremely appropriate for our own times, the prophet says, You, Lord, are our Father. Why do you let us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so that we fear you not? Return for the sake of your servants. Isaiah is reminding the Lord who he is and asking him to return because the people of Israel had wandered. And so when we think about the state of the church today, whether it's in our local parish or the church in our diocese or in the United States or the church throughout the world, what kind of conversations is that provoking? Because right now, in a particular way, we live in a church that's very divided. People have different opinions about things. There are websites, Catholic websites, that really only publish articles pointing out how the Holy Father is not being orthodox. There's people on the other end of the extreme. And so in the midst of all of that debate, what are we asking our Lord to do? Can we be willing to pray that our Lord will enter into that situation and bring healing? Because those kinds of conversations in the church that happen on the internet, they happen through articles, they happen through websites, they happen through bloggers, they distract us from looking for our Lord. We stop looking for our Lord because we're worried about what spin the next person's going to put on the last homily that Pope Francis gave. 
or we might be more faithful to the EWTN staff than we are to Pope Francis sometimes. And the question at hand really is, what is our Lord doing? Why did our Lord choose in this time? This particular Holy Father. The same thing applies here locally. Why does the Lord choose in this time this particular bishop or this particular pastor? Because when we start worrying about those things, we're not looking for Jesus and what Jesus wants to do. And the church is in need of Jesus entering into it. You know, the bigger concern really should be how are we going to pass the faith on to the next generation? That should be the thing that we're most concerned about as a church. I was just reading this book called Meet Generation Z. It's by a it's by an evangelical pastor and he talks about <clears throat> Generation Z is like everybody born after the smartphone was normalized. So he talks about the difference between millennials, like sometimes we pick on millennials. But millennials is totally different from this new generation that's growing up because they've grown up with the internet in their pocket all the time, with a supercomputer in their pocket. So interesting observations are things like that generation, uh, they spend more time at home than the generations previous, but they spend less time talking to their family members when they're home. Right? So they're under the roof longer, but they don't talk to people. That generation is more likely when they have a question, you know, when we were growing up and we had a question, we would ask a person. If I had a question, I would ask my dad or I'd ask my mom. If I was watching a movie and I recognized an actor, I would be like, oh, what were they in before? And then it would become conversations later on. Hey, do you remember that one movie and this guy? Da, da, da. But this generation, when they have a question, they just like ask Google and they have their answer in two seconds. And it's more expedient to ask Google than to ask a person. And so they're growing up much more reliant on technology than on people. And more independent and individualized than any generation previous. Which means that they are less likely to want to be dependent on this person called Jesus. And they're more likely to slide into identifying none as their religious preference. And so how as a church do we engage them? How do we bring the gospel to them? And mostly, that has to happen within our families. 
It's in the family that we learn to love and to be loved. It's in the family that we learn that we've received our identity from our parents. It's in our families that we learn to have trusting relationships. It's in our families, most of all, that we should be on the watch and looking for how our Lord can enter in to our lives, to our families, to our communities, to our children's lives, to our parents' lives. And this Advent season is kind of set aside for us to start to ask ourselves those questions. How do I make more space for Jesus to enter into and influence my family life? How can each of us set aside the time to allow our Lord into our lives? To set aside distractions? To set aside our busyness? To just be present to one another. Because another observation about this coming generation is that they are the loneliest generation. And in the midst of that individualism, isolation, They're really lonely. And they're truly looking for community and love and the presence of others. And it's our Lord who wants to enter into that space. And so during this Advent season, let us truly ask the Lord to come into our lives right now. To come into our family relationships right now. To enter into whatever conflict exists within the church right now. To raise up the kind of leaders that we need in order to truly bring about his will on earth. And I also invite you to think about ways that you can simplify your lives during this Advent season to put aside distraction and just make more space for one another. That we truly may come to encounter our Lord 
within our family relationships, which is always the first place, that first school of love, that first experience of community and church that we're so desperately in need of. 